0: welcome back to the get loved up podcast your number one resource for inspiration and motivation to live your purpose make healthy living a priority and thrive doing what you love I'm your host, Koya Webb, a small town girl who chased her dreams and caught them, a former track and field athlete who healed using spirituality and yoga, and an entrepreneur who didn't let sexual assault, racism, and insecurities dim her light. And now it's your turn to allow these episodes with some of the top voices in spirituality, wellness, and entrepreneurship to inspire you to thrive. Let's get loved up together. Mel is one of the leading voices in personal development and transformation and an international best-selling author. Her work includes The Global Phenomenon, The Five Second Rule, four number one best-selling Selling audiobooks, the number one podcast on Audible, as well as signature online courses that have changed the lives of more than a half a million students worldwide. Her groundbreaking work on behavioral change has been translated into 36 languages and is used by healthcare professionals, veterans organizations, and the world's leading brands to inspire people to be more confident, effective, and fulfilled. As one of the most widely booked and followed public speakers in the world, Mel coaches more than 60 million people online every month and videos featuring her work have more than a billion views online, including her TEDx talk, which is one of the most popular of all time. Mel! Ah! Y'all, this woman, I'm telling you. I've had so much fun getting to know you over the last couple of months. I think it's one thing to see you online and on YouTube and all of the million places that you're just uplifting people in the world, but to actually spend time with you and see how much you truly, genuinely care for people has been absolutely amazing.
1: What a wonderful thing for you to say. I appreciate that. I I, I will say... Uh, Since everybody watching this follows you, um, the uh, experience of being near you and in your physical and spiritual presence in real life, it's like a thousand X everybody in terms of the grounding and the, uh, chill and the centeredness. And, uh, you literally are the embodiment of what I call body confidence. Mm. And that is not like you look in front of me and you're like, yeah, I love my body, but it's really feeling and being comfortable in your own skin with who mm. you are.
0: Mm, And I feel the same way about you. I feel like not only are you comfortable in your own skin, you actually encourage people to be comfortable in theirs because you authentically admit I'm not always feeling great (laughs) in my own skin. okay? and I think that's what I loved about your book. And y'all, if y'all haven't picked up (laughs) The High Five Habit. One of the things that I loved is that you were so raw and you were so real about letting people know, look, every day ain't great. And most days actually are not great. It You're in. a bestseller. Yes. You reach thousands of people, millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people around the world. And, you know, your TED talk went viral, all of these things. But they don't
1: see the behind the scenes. Right. And so they listen to you and pick up your book. Right. Like, I I think that the reason why um, I have organically grown in terms of that TEDx talk and the number of people we reach every single day online and look like you're you have this huge presence, too. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, the reason why we have grown so quickly is because it is not a highlight reel. because I am just sharing the um, day-to-day and the the behind-the-scenes. And the truth is, I actually think that more days than not are extraordinarily challenging. Mm -hmm. And they're challenging because I have a brain Mm -hmm. that defaults on what's going wrong, and I have a brain that has been for decades used to pointing out the things that I don't like about myself or assuming that everything's my fault or assuming that everything uh, that's going on throughout the day means something's wrong. I mean, down to something is ridiculous. Like this is how crappy my brain is. Today's my birthday, okay? And a friend of mine that I have known for years, we've raised our kids together, calls me to um wish me a happy birthday. And this is one of those friendships that has had its ups and it's had its downs. We've been super tight. Then we've drifted apart. We're coming back together now. And as we were talking and we're on a phone call where this person has called me to wish me a happy birthday, there is this weird pause and immediately my brain inserts she doesn't actually like you. She's calling you out of (gasps) obligation. Like literally my own mind. There are times that I do feel like I must have like a multiple personality disorder because I am a super positive and optimistic person. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I have a brain that any chance it gets will try to convince me that I've done something wrong. Right. I
0: think we're all like that. Like, yes. I have to be
1: honest. I feel that way sometimes when you get a text from someone or you
0: text someone and they don't text you back. in uh-huh. like a day or two, you automatically start thinking, are they mad at me? Yes. What do I do? So yes. how did you get beyond that? Because I know a lot of people are feeling that
1: right now. Right. How did you get past that? I didn't. So what I'm trying to say is that you will always and forever mm-hmm. need to wrestle your brain. Mm-hmm. You will always and forever have to fight to focus on the positive. You will always and forever have to catch yourself when your mind drifts to the negative. And the reason why that is true is because in your day-to-day life, there will always be things that trigger old patterns. Always, whether it's a text that doesn't get responded to or seeing a group of your friends out for lunch and nobody invited you. Or, and instead of inserting, oh, they just bumped into each other, dropping kids off at school. That's why they made an impromptu plan. Of course, they're not thinking about me right now, and they don't need to be. Mm-hmm. Instead of inserting that, you insert, what did I do wrong? Right. And so I think that it's really important for everybody to understand this is normal. Mm-hmm. This is what everybody's dealing with. Yeah. This is what you need to get serious about catching and changing and just because you teach yourself whether it's through the high five habit or it's through the five second rule or it's through anything else that you know anybody else that inspires you is teaching you um letting your fears make you fierce Mm -hmm. um you will have to use these tools right and i was actually gonna say
0: i feel like your five second rule i want you to touch on that just a little bit um your book the five
1: second rule. can you Talk about how that in this situation can be beneficial and how oh, you use great. that. Okay, great. So the five second rule is a simple little brain hack. Mm-hmm. has a lot of science. It's going to sound dumb, but it's really, really powerful. In a moment where you're either hesitating or you're thinking something really rotten, mm-hmm. like, oh, there's an awkward pause in this conversation. I bet she doesn't actually like me. You're like, you're inserting something. Just count backwards, five, four, three, two, ones. Mm-hmm. Five, four, three, two, one. And the counting backwards interrupts the negative thought. Mm-hmm. So the second I start counting backwards, as my mind is telling me, oh, this person must not like you. Five, four, three, two, one. You're like, Boop, slap you out of my mind. And the counting backwards makes this part of your brain focus on the counting. And the second that you get to one, you have a moment of control. And that's where you can insert a different thought. Yes. I love that. it's so simple, and that
0: is your superpower. Simplicity is your superpower. I don't know if anyone saw you about, it, but simplicity is your superpower, and I think that five four three two one because we always have to change those limiting beliefs um and I say into liberating affirmations, but you mm. also work a lot with limiting beliefs, yes, right, and can you kind of dive into that and like
1: how you really work with your limiting beliefs on a regular basis well, so Staying on the five-second rule for a second, the five-second rule is extraordinarily powerful because step one of breaking and replacing limiting beliefs that have probably been in your brain for a lifetime, Mm -hmm. and when you really start to examine them, might actually be generational. Yeah. So your limiting beliefs may be your mother's limiting beliefs and your grandmother's limiting beliefs and your great-grandmother's limiting beliefs because the human brain is designed to learn patterns. So if you hear somebody either being hard on themselves or being hard on you as a child, you tend to adopt that pattern of speaking as your own to mm-hmm. yourself. And so step one of breaking and replacing limiting beliefs is to start to become aware of what those beliefs are. Right, And so for Today, the next week, whatever, I want you to just notice when your mind or your mood drifts to a negative place. Mm -hmm. And it's important to just notice it. That's it. Just notice it. You're not going to be able to replace it just yet because you're so used to drifting into this negative landscape. And, you know, the experts that study thought patterns say that we have between 50 and 80,000 thoughts a day. Mm -hmm. They estimate that between 80 to 90% of them are negative. And so your resting state is likely negative. And so the first step is, let's just start to pay attention. And there's a simple way to pay attention. You don't even have to be paying attention to what you're thinking about. Just pay attention to whether or not you're present Mm -hmm. or whether or not your energy is low. That's it. If your energy feels kind of low, if you feel kind of heavy, if you feel kind of like just in a negative emotional state, I guarantee your mind's probably negative. So that's step one. Step two, when you start to realize you're there, just immediately, take control in five seconds, count backwards, five, four, three, two, one. Mm -hmm. It'll snap you out of autopilot in the subconscious negative state into the conscious part of your brain. And then say this, I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about that. And I want you to start there because we cannot... Trust you, and I'm saying that for real. You cannot trust yourself having thought these negative things for this long to actually successfully. Punch them in the face and then replace them with something positive. We got to just get skilled at spotting it and interrupting it. Right. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm not thinking about that. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm not thinking about that. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm not thinking about that. And for the first week, you might say, I'm not thinking about that 73 times a day. (laughs) But what you're doing is you're doing that hand to fist combat with the negative thoughts that run on default. You're like, punch. No, I'm not doing that. Punch. I'm not thinking about that. 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 Then you can get into what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. which is the work of replacing mm. the thought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can do that through and for affirmations that you believe, or you can do that through this new thing that we're talking about called the high five habit.
0: I love that. And I want to let you just keep rolling on like how you do that. How do you actually turn around? Because I think we are to a place where some people are acknowledging and some people aren't. But for those <laughs> who say, okay, I'm going to acknowledge this is negative. I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling a funk. Five, two, three, five,
1: four, three, two, one. And now, how do they start to shift for those that are ready? Okay, great. So, if you are sick and tired of beating yourself up, mm-hmm. if you are sick and tired of focusing on what's not working, if you are sick and tired of the self doubt and the self criticism and the self hatred, um, this is a game changer. And I only learned this 18 months ago. Mm. So, despite all of my success, Koya, on the outside, yeah. being me was this weird mix of having positive outbursts of energy and enthusiasm mm-hmm. in the moment, combined with a deep, relentless, grinding internal voice that was critical. That had a lot of self hatred. Mm-hmm. That was um, constantly making me feel like the world was aimed at me, mm-hmm. and that I was screwing everything up. Yeah, that was my experience, and I think that is the majority of people's experiences. Yeah. That no matter how good it looks on the outside, the majority of human beings who are adults, either can't look at themselves in the mirror. And this was a huge wake-up call in researching the high-five habit. 50% of men and women, and this is not a blind, double-research, phd back study. This is looking at um, hundreds of thousands of people that are taking the high-five challenge. This is looking at, you know, the millions of people that follow me and the feedback that we're getting. 50% of the people that first try to do this high-five habit, which I'll explain in just a second, report that they can't even look at themselves in the mirror. Mm. There is so much self-hatred or disgust Mm -hmm. or judgment. It is so sad. And I am on a mission to wake everybody up and to teach everybody a fundamental, simple habit that unlocks science in your brain and in your nervous system Mm -hmm. to help you break the habit of self-rejection and self-hatred and self-doubt. right? And that's where the high five habit comes in. And so the high five habit is very simple. First, I'm going to explain it, and then we can kind of unpack it however you think will benefit everybody that's listening. So all you're going to do is you're going to stand in front of the bathroom mirror, and I want this to become part of your morning routine. And there's lots of science around why I want you to do in the morning. We can get to that in a minute, but you're just going to stand in front of your bathroom mirror, and I want you to take a moment, and I want you to look at the human being in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And that right there is a complete change from what you're doing right now. Because what you're doing right now when you stand in front of the mirror and you brush your teeth or you stand in front of the mirror and you get ready for your day is you either ignore yourself. You won't even look at yourself. That's a form of self-rejection. Right. Or you focus on all the things that you need to fix. Your hair, your makeup, the things you don't like. And so you start your day with a habit in your morning routine of rejecting yourself. Mm. And that habit of self-rejection has created the insecurity that you feel. Yeah. That habit of self-rejection is what drives your need for validation externally. Yeah. That ne- that habit of self-rejection is why you think you're only worthy if somebody else says that you're worthy. Mm. And so the high five habit is all about using science to break the habit of self-rejection and replace it with a habit of self-empowerment, self-acceptance, self-compassion, self-love. And here's how you do it. You're just gonna stand there. You're gonna look at the person in the mirror. And notice I'm not saying reflection. Right. There are two people in the bathroom every morning. There's you and there's a human being in the mirror Mm -hmm. who has been waiting for you to wake up and realize that they're there. They are trying. They are doing their best. They are so beaten down by your relentless criticism. Mm. They need you. They need you to see the positive. They need you to compliment them. They need to be kind to them. Yeah. And so I want you to take that in for a minute because you're staring at your soul, at your spirit, at, at your essence, at your humanity. Mm-hmm. And most of us have never actually considered that. I hadn't. And then what I want you to do is I want you to just reflect for a second as you look at that human being, What does she or he or they need for me today? Mm-hmm. Something you've never asked yourself because right, you, right now what your morning routine is, is that you drift into your day and you start thinking about everybody else. What do you need to do for everybody else? Right. What's all the things on your to-do list? You have skipped the most important person and that's the human being in the mirror. And I want you to literally stop and ask yourself, what do she, he or they need for me? And it might be, I need you to have some freaking fun. <laughs> I need you to stop being a bitch. I need you to like be a little more positive here. I need you to like, you know, reach out to some people yeah. and ask for some help. Like I, like I, something will pop in your mind Yeah, and then take a deep breath. And then as cheesy as it sounds, I want you to raise your hand and I want you to high five that human being in the mirror and something crazy is going to happen. So this is why this is so revolutionary. Um, Regardless of how weird the high five habit feels, mm-hmm. regardless of how much you may resist it, regardless of how kind of corny it is, mm-hmm. you will immediately feel your mood shift because your brain doesn't know the difference between high fiving somebody else and high fiving yourself. That's what I love about it. I love that it's so simple and silly because we need to play more. Yes, yes. And so when you give somebody a high five, Koya, mm-hmm. what does the high five communicate? Yes. We got this. You're awesome. Just love. Yeah. Basically, it it communicates love. It does. You're right. And it communicates a lot of different forms of love. Yeah. So it could be a high five that's really like encouraging, like, I see this is hard. You got this. Yeah. It could be shake it, shake it off, keep going. It could be, I love you, it, believe in you. We're together. It's partnership. It's like this massive, wonderful feeling of love. Mm-hmm. You have never high-fived somebody and the uh, thought, I hate you. I hope you fail. Yeah, You're ugly. You're worthless. Like, you've never done it. And so you can stand before yourself in the bathroom mirror and hate the person you see. Yeah. But the second you physically raise your arm and you do the motion that you've done your whole life, your brain shuts off all thinking and it taps into the programming in your mind mm-hmm. that says, I believe in you. I love you. I see you keep going. Yeah, And then you feel this boost in your mind because, and in your mood, every time somebody else has given you a high five, your brain has released dopamine. Mm. That's why high fives feel so good. Yeah. The other reason why a high five feels so good is because your nervous system recognizes it as somebody celebrating you. Mm. And so you get this affirming life energy that jolts through your body. And so your brain again and your nervous system doesn't know the difference between me high-fiving you and me high-fiving myself. Mm-hmm. So even on my lowest days, Koya, when I high-five myself, I get a dopamine drip. Yeah. And I get this nervous system boosting the energy. Mm-hmm. And that's why it feels so good. We are using programming in you and aiming it back at you so that you have this the benefit of belief of self-love, of positive mental programming, Mm. of dopamine, and of a jolt through your nervous system. It's freaking bananas. It's amazing.
0: I love that. I love that it's so simple. I love giving myself a high five. And I love something that you say. You say, and I don't know if this is your quote or something from someone else, but you say, the way you view yourself is the way you view the world. It's true.
1: That's powerful. It's true. Well, you know, let's talk about people-pleasing. Mm-hmm. So many of us struggle with people-pleasing. Well, people-pleasing for a long time, I thought people-pleasing was about like making other people like me. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing, but that's actually not the source of people-pleasing. People-pleasing is not about the need to be liked by other people. Right. People-pleasing results from you not liking yourself. Mm. So people-pleasing is about you and your self-hatred and your insecurity. Wow. Yes. That's going to wake a lot of people up. What did you just get from that?
0: People pleasing is more about how you feel about yourself than how
1: you feel about others. Correct. Correct. Because here's the thing. If you like yourself, mm-hmm. even though you're not where you are, mm-hmm. you know, even though if you like yourself, even if you don't like where you are in your life right now, yeah, if you can still look in the mirror and see a person who's trying, hmm a person who's worthy of support, a person that you're going to root for, a person that you, you, you like because you deep down know, even though you're way more than you want to, even though you don't have the money you want, even though you're not in a relationship yet, whatever it is that you've been bashing yourself for, if you can look in the mirror and see somebody you genuinely like because you know deep down they're a good person mm-hmm. and they're trying and they've survived a lot and they are a person that's worthy of being liked because you know who they are at their core. If you can feel that way about yourself and treat yourself that way by giving yourself a high five, that's Mm -hmm. how you demonstrate that you like yourself. When you go out into the world, if somebody doesn't like you, it does not take away from the fact that you still like yourself. Right. If you treat yourself with respect and somebody out in the world disrespects you, that will not change the fact that you still treat yourself with respect. Right. The core problem is that most of us look in the mirror and reject the person that we see. Mm-hmm. And then we bring that insecurity out into the world. And we are looking at lovers and bosses and friends and family mm-hmm. to then make us feel secure or make us feel loved. When the root problem is, we don't love and like ourselves. And so we got to bring all of that back in house. Right. Using the high five habit, you can show yourself, demonstrate to yourself and practice what a person who likes and loves and respects themselves does, mm-hmm. which is they wake up every day and they treat themselves with love and kindness. And the best part for me about the high five habit is you actually don't, have to say a word. And in fact, I recommend that for the first five days, you don't Mm. because your self-critic and your brain programming is so negative and relentless. And it's been in there for decades that I want you to feel the benefit of the science. Right. I want you to just stand there and look at the human being in the eyes in the mirror. And I want you to raise your hand and notice what you're feeling. Mm. You can't help but crack a smile Mm -hmm. after you do this for a couple of days. Because of the dopamine, right? You can't help but shift how you see yourself because of the nervous system wiring. We've had reports back now from people who have said this really interesting thing. They've said, "You know how like um, you can probably can you recall a time in your life where you actually remember getting high fives? Yeah. When was it? Can you yeah. describe it? Put us at the scene. Okay, give it. Put us right at the scene.
0: Oh yeah. So playing basketball. I mean, that is the best place for high fives. High school. I mean. For a whole year, I wrote The bench. But when I actually started getting rebounds, making points, high five, high five. The more high fives I
1: got, the better I got because it boosted my confidence in myself. Correct. And, you know, there was a study actually with the NBA mm-hmm. that proves this. Yeah. So they took a look at NBA teams. Researchers did. I think this was in 2011. There's a wow. massive article in the Wall Street Journal about this mm-hmm. as, long, as well as a published academic study. They looked at NBA teams. And do you know you can predict... What teams are going to have the winningest record at the end of the season by looking at behavior in the preseason? And the behavior that predicts whether or not an NBA team is going to have a winning season or not is the number of pats on the back, fist bumps, and high fives that a team gives one another in the preseason. Wow. Because just as you said, based on your lived, felt experience playing basketball being in high school, being on a team, feeling the encouragement, the momentum, the support, high fives aren't gestures. They communicate trust and partnership and belief. Mm. So when you high five a teammate, you're communicating, we're in this, I believe in you, shake off that that uh, shot, even though you're on the bench, you're a valued member of this team, keep trying, keep going. And the corresponding data about the teams with the worst record was also true. They had the least number of pats on the back and fist bumps and high fives. Why? Well, when every player's in it for themselves, Mm -hmm. it creates distrust and selfishness. Right. And so by high-fiving yourself in the mirror, you can create that same partnership with yourself and that same momentum starts to get created every single morning when you send yourself into the game of life every day, the way you would send yourself back into the game of basketball after having a team huddle.
0: I love that. I love that. And it actually brings me to one of the most important pillars of Get Loved Up, which is spirituality. And I kind of want to dive into spirituality with you because yeah. I feel like giving that high five is bringing people back into a divine alignment with themselves. OK, say that again, because that is exactly right. Bringing people, giving that high five is bringing people back into alignment with themselves, with spirit, with the universe, with God, because that negative self-talk is taking you out of alignment with love, out of alignment with spirit. And so that one act, because I know you say habits, I say ritual, we have so many different language, but what I feel when I give myself a high five and when I practice that positive self-talk is alignment with spirit.
1: A thousand percent. So all of the negative talk, like, remember, let's go back to the two human beings in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. you and the human being in the mirror. Yeah. The negative self-talk stands between you two. Mm -hmm. And when you go to raise your hand and high five yourself, it is a moment of divinity yeah. with yourself, with your universe, with the spirit, with God, with whatever you believe in, you will feel that energy if you allow yourself to. You will feel yourself coming home. Mm-hmm. You will feel yourself stepping back into alignment with who you truly are in your essence, which is a being that is worthy of love, mm-hmm. a being that is worthy of support simply because you exist. Yeah. Like today is my 53rd birthday. And when I think about birthdays, right, what are you actually celebrating? Right. You're celebrating life. You're celebrating your breath. You're Mm -hmm. celebrating the fact that you're still here. Yeah. And there is something divine about that. And every single morning, if you make the high five habit a ritual that starts your day, you are also bringing the celebration of your life Mm. and your existence into your morning. And the thing that I love about this, because, you know, I love gratitude and I love meditation, and these are extraordinary practices with documented benefit. Um, You know, I'm married to somebody who's a Buddhist meditation instructor and a certified yoga instructor. I love Chris. Yeah, Chris is just (laughs) awesome. And- you know, interesting thing about Chris, though, is that here he is practicing every single day. He is a disciplined guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, meditating daily for probably eight years. Yeah. Okay. Meditation teaches you self-awareness and it teaches you how to not react to thoughts. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change the default opinion that you have about yourself. Mm gratitude if you look at what most of us write down Mm -hmm. when we practice gratitude it is external Mm. it is rarely something within you Mm. and what i love about the high five habit and why this simple ritual is so divine and spiritual Mm -hmm. is because it is about reconnection with self Mm -hmm. it is and will Mm -hmm. what i've experienced after doing this now for over a year is when I step into the bathroom, I don't even need to high-five myself. Mm. I still do. Right. But what's happened over this repetitive ritual of raising my hand in celebration, encouragement, empathy, support, and love to myself every morning, no matter where I am, where I'm waking up, how I feel, just part of how I begin the day, is over time, because of the science, Mm -hmm. it has reset my mind. Right. I don't even see a person I would ever criticize. I don't even see my face. I just see this human being that I love. That's beautiful. And I think
0: with meditation, with the high five, with these rituals, it gives us the time to come back to center. And people use things in different ways. Oh, yeah. But it is the opportunity to come back to center to kind of crowd out the noise Speaking of noise, yeah. especially with social media, and I know you're a force for good positivity out on social media, but there's the other side. I'm gonna be honest, I can't help but look and see, like, oh my goodness, oh, like, yeah. I feel like less than, if, if I don't have this, if I don't have that, or I'm not doing this and everyone's doing this and I'm not doing that. And no matter how much I personally, I'm gonna be honest, like I personally work to, you know, align, stay focused on what I'm doing, love myself, be great. I still get caught up in comparing sometimes and wishing I had something that I don't have, or feeling like I'm behind because I'm not there yet. I'm not where a male is, I'm not doing this. What is that?
1: Um, that's being human. Yeah. And, and that, that is your desire. Yeah. Blocked by insecurity. Mm-hmm. So comparison, jealousy, envy, all that stuff where you put yourself in relation to somebody else. Yeah. And you use that uh, comparison as a way to invalidate or reject yourself. Mm. That is human nature. Yeah. And um, one of the things that the high five habit can help you with, because you will never go through a day in your life, I believe, yeah, without... Looking at another human being and Mm -hmm. going, I wish I was as tall and as beautiful and as healthy as Koya. I wish that I was meditating every day like Koya. I wish that I, uh, you know, was sponsored by Aloe and had all these amazing <laughs> things at Koya's. I wish I, you know, lived in this incredible neighborhood that feels like a Costa Rican yoga retreat. <laughs> I wish I, like there's so yeah. many things mm-hmm. that like even like, I don't even have a camera set up like this. So I'm like, I wish I was set up like this, like Koya's. So when you start to realize that all of that yearning mm-hmm. that is what comparison really is about right. is desire that's mm-hmm. blocked by insecurity. Mm. So when you find yourself comparing yourself to somebody else and you find it to be in the lane of jealousy or invalidating you or comparison, just take a pause for a second mm-hmm. and let's flip it with curiosity and let's go, oh, well, what's that about? What's that about? Yeah. Yeah. And the message that I've gotten loud and clear for myself lately is, oh, I want to get off the road. I want to spend more time taking care of myself and practicing mindfulness and creating content. And I want to launch a podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm jealous of everybody like you who already has a podcast, already has your ratings, already has a ton of people that listen to this. All right. Like I look at you and I'm like, I'm behind Koya. Here Mm -hmm. we go. Here's more evidence. No. Let's flip it and unpack it. Well, what do I what do I love about what she's doing? Yeah. What feels like it's right for me? And then what happens is instead of everybody becoming somebody who's ahead of you in some race, what if the people that you are drawn toward that either it feels a little like jealousy or invalidation or comparison, what if you could flip it into curiosity and let it go? What is it about what they're doing that actually feels like it's calling me? Mm. And what is it about what they're doing? This is important. That doesn't feel like me right
0: that part yeah that part that part's important yeah. because otherwise you
1: go down this huge long lane that's not for you correct because you're driven by your insecurity instead of your curiosity mm. because curiosity opens the door for your desire to flow through right insecurity locks your desire in a cage mm. and it eats you alive Mm-hmm. Because when you feel like you're losing a race, you're not motivated to take the actions and to take a step toward what you want. Right. And so um, I think when you flip it mm-hmm. into Koya is a light on the path of my life. Mm. She's not ahead of me. She is in service yeah. of my mission because mm-hmm. there is something about what she's doing that lights up something in me. And her example is lighting the path I need to walk down. I love that. That's the way that I look at you. And I want to say something else. So yesterday we were at our friend Lisa Billia's house. And we have. Um, I feel like I have, at the age of 53, the female friendships that I have always longed for in life. And they're new friendships. And whether it's Amy, who is sitting on the floor here, who is out of reach, who is a new friend. You know, we both moved to Vermont. You know, I mentioned her in the last chapter of the book. Shipwrecked there, uh, thinking we made the worst mistakes of our lives. Or all of our friends, you know, from Glow to Maria to uh, Marie Forleo to Lisa Bilyeu to the Boss Babes to Roddy to just this incredible group of women who, interestingly, were all sort of in the same space of of self-empowerment and self-improvement and authors and content creators. I don't feel competitive with anybody. Mm. I don't feel insecure. Like, I feel so supported and lifted up. I've never had a friend group of women, this like this. Mm. And what was interesting is yesterday you and I were talking and you were, uh, you know, just remarking it how awesome it is to see the high five challenge going with a hundred thousand people, 103,000 people as of this morning. Yes. <laughs> from 91 <laughs> countries, uh, 30,000 comments of high fives and people's putting up selfies and allowing themselves to be seen and supported Ugh. by this community. It's so exciting. We'll talk more about it at the end of this and Koya will give you a link that you can follow to sign up for free um, and take this five-day incredible challenge. But you said to me, I'm waiting for it to be my turn
0: because
1: mm. you're relaunching your book. Mm-hmm. And I said, when are you doing it? You said, I'm waiting for it to be my turn. And Here's something that I want to say about that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing if the waiting is grounded in faith mm-hmm. that there is divine timing to everything. Right. Because I think we put pressure on ourselves to believe that right now or tomorrow or as soon as possible mm-hmm. is what you're supposed to be doing.
0: Mm. That's powerful. That's, and I'll tell you why I say that. And I tell you why I feel the same way. I don't feel any comparison or any cattiness or any of that. that. Of course, I'm sure you felt before and I felt before. And I think it's because everyone is very secure in who they are and what they have to offer. And I'm going to say this because this is very important and I'm just feeling it more because I think we're both calling powerful uh, female energy into Mm. our life as well as all of those Mm. women that you mentioned. Mm. When you are a high powered, high shine woman, I think it's important to know you want to shine your light, but everyone is not going to be on the stage at the same time. Yes. And right now, you're on this stage and we're all supporting you and getting behind you and uplifting you. And I think that's really important to call out. And I'm glad you brought that up because I've noticed it's like if everyone's fighting to be on stage, then one, it's not clear because everyone's talking at the same time, you know? Mm. But now we're uplifting you and your book and your philosophy. We still got things going on, (laughs) you know? But I think it's important to know that when you're in a group, how to hold space for other people without it being all about you. And that's what I mean when I say when it's your turn, it's just like speaking. It's like male speaks and the next person speaks and the next. And I think it's very important, especially when you're calling in more
1: female, high powered, high voltage relationship yeah. is to give everyone their turn. Yeah. And you know what I was just thinking about is how if you think about the history of time, women always came together to do that, particularly around births. Yeah. Supporting one another in your time to bring bring life to something. Mm -hmm. And I feel that incredible energy with this group. And it's been so life-changing to be on the receiving end of it that it makes me a thousand times more excited to be on the giving end of it. Mm -hmm. But so I wanted to also say though, that what's interesting for me is that in the, you know, when I think about my life, right, and I think about um, the fact that we wrote the five second rule five years ago, and that book never got any press whatsoever—like literally <laughs> nothing. There was not a, a high voltage female energy because I was not secure with myself. I was not attracting shit. I was in survival mode still. Five, four, three, two, one. Five, four, three, two, one. Five, four, three, two, one. Go, 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 go. Literally six years ago, there were still leans on Chris in my house from the uh, financial mistakes that we made and a business failing six years ago. Yeah. As I'm on stages around the world talking about the five second rule, there are liens on my freaking house. Yeah. And so what's been interesting is I have for four years tried to write another book. Mm. I have tried to force it. I have tried because I felt scarcity. I have tried to just do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And so when you said that yesterday that I'm waiting for my turn, It made me realize now that I've seen both the four years of frustration when I was trying to force it; it wasn't my turn yet. Mm, That's powerful. And the resistance, and the fact that the thing wasn't coming, Mm -hmm. the idea wasn't coming, the it didn't feel right. Like we literally, I literally probably dictated five or six books in that period of time. Wow! Fired by a publisher because I couldn't get anything done. Like just. Could not happen, and the five the high five habit. I think again was a moment where, after all of that waiting, which I got myself through. So, how do you say? What is this? The phrase you say about affirmations? The affirm oh, changing your limiting beliefs to liberating affirmations. Liberating affirmations. Yeah. So the liberating affirmation that has really gotten me through these last five years, is this moment is preparing me mm. for something amazing that hasn't happened yet. Woo, That's good. Every time a, I couldn't come up with something, a publisher's canceling a contract, I screw something up, I stall out, I see somebody else kind of getting the spot that I thought I was meant to get, I get fired from my dream job, whatever it is, mm. this moment, moment is, is preparing me for something that. amazing that hasn't happened yet. And it's a way to high-five your attitude from that, woe is me, it never works out, I'm always failing, everybody else wins, I'm not part of that club of cool people that help each other, like, uh, the whole thing. Yeah. This moment is preparing me. And I think everybody has been blown away by the fact that how on earth, Mel, were you all of a sudden on 53 podcasts Amazing. That released all within the same three-week window, and I'll tell you why. Because for the past five years, I have been on three. Mm. We couldn't even get publicity for my daytime talk show. Wow. And at the at the moment, I'm like, "Woe is me." See, I'm the bad news bear. See, nobody, like even when I have a daytime talk show, I'm such a failure. Nobody wants to actually even write about it. If mm-hmm. you Google the talk show, the only article you will find is when Snooky came on the show. <laughs> that is the article you will find about my show that aired 167 <gasps> times. Wow. And was the number one talk show on WGN in Chicago. And like, that. that's what you will find. And I now know, and I would say, Mel, Mel, Don't get yourself all up in arms about Tamron (laughs) Hall and Kelly Clarkson and Ellen and all these amazing people that you once loved and now hate because they're beating you to what you thought you need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't go there, Mel. Right. This moment Mm -hmm. is preparing you for something amazing that hasn't happened yet. I love that. And you know what it's preparing me for? Yeah. The High Five Habit launch. Wow. Because that's what God and the universe wanted the world to know about. That is powerful. And I I have to take people on your journey,
0: though, (laughs) because, you know, I am fascinated by how many jobs that you've had. Oh, my God. (laughs) I have to go here because I think it's so important, especially when you talk about being prepared for something and also the time it takes to build. And I want you to share because a lot of people are doing a lot of different things right now trying to figure it out trying to realign trying to pivot we've all heard it so can we share with people like how many jobs you've had
1: oh my god um okay well i love that you're asking me how many jobs i've had in my lifetime so i'm 53 yeah. mm-hmm. and i believe absolutely everything that you do is preparing you for something amazing that's coming right it hasn't happened yet everything mm-hmm and Um, Almost every job that I've ever had gave me a life lesson that I've used in a very pivotal moment in my life. Right. And so let's go through them all because I come from a very hardworking, working class family. Right. Farmers, machinists, bakers, uh, you know, maids. Like, mm-hmm. this is my back, minors, like, this is hard working, this is what we do. Yes, my dad and mom put my dad through medical school, but he's like the first professional in the generations of people that, I com- that I'm related to. So I started working young. Mm -hmm. So I uh, was a babysitter. There's one. I was a lifeguard. I taught tennis lessons. I uh, would sub on a paper route when kids could have paper routes. I then um, was a hostess and a busser at a restaurant. I was a short order cook. I was a waitress. I was a bartender. I always worked in college. So I worked at a cafe and then I became a baker and baked bread on the morning shift. And then I worked for a temp agency after college and then I got assigned to be a paralegal. And then uh, during the summer during law school and during law school, I would clerk at like the DA's office or, you know, at a law firm. After law school, I was a public defender in New York City for legal aid doing criminal defense work. That's 15. We're on 15 and I'm only 23. Wow. 15 jobs. Uh, Then I worked for a large law firm in Boston. I hated that job. Then I um, uh, worked for digital marketing. Company, a content company called Emode, morphed into Tickle. Then I worked for another one. Then I got fired from that job, and from Bullhorn. Um, this was this would have been two thousand. Then I, uh, oh, I worked for a digital marketing agency. Uh, so now we're at what are we even at? We're at job nineteen. Wow, and I'm thirty. Wow, and I've got two kids. And um, then I trained to become a life coach, uh-huh. and that was 2001. So I'm now life coaching and working part time until I have enough money to be able to life coach full time. I do that for a couple years, and um, the life coaching has somebody see write an article about me, and that leads to me getting a paid position on CNBC to be a commentator. So we're at 21 jobs now. Then I get offered a reality show from Fox that was supposed to be like a business makeover show, like extreme business makeover show. And that's a whole horror story (laughs) because they changed the television show to being makeover the office to we're going to fire people on national TV. Thankfully, it never aired. Then I lost that job. Chris's restaurant started failing. We were 800 grand in debt. That's when I launched the five second rule. So we are now at... Where are we even? 27 jobs? 22 wow. jobs? I don't even know where we are at this point. I'm literally in 2008, $800,000 in debt, unemployed because I'm fired from the show from Fox when it doesn't air. Mm. Um, I use the five second rule to get out of bed in 2008 and I get a job. I beg a former coaching client to give me a part-time gig, mm. helping them with, uh, with office operations because I need to pay my bills. Wow. Wow. I auditioned for a Saturday morning radio show Mm -hmm. because I just thought, okay, I need the $50 and it's on Saturday mornings and I get it. So that show then expands into a weekday show. We're now at 30 jobs? Wow. 30 jobs. And I am now in 2011. So that would have been 10 years ago. So I'm 43, 30 jobs by the time of 43. Wow. I then give that TEDx talk, which launches my speaking career. I then, because of my radio. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. (laughs) My radio show uh, that's five days a week, wins an award in CNN calls. So suddenly I find myself with a full-time job with CNN as a, Uh, paid commentator doing uh, legal commentary on some of the biggest social justice cases in uh, this nation's history Mm -hmm. from the murder of Trayvon Martin to Freddie Gray to Tamir Rice to Michael Brown to um, Eric Garner. Um, I was there on television unpacking these issues for uh, anybody watching. It was just an extraordinary experience. Mm. Um, And, you know, again, what prepared me for that? Representing people at legal aid mm. and understanding being somebody in the system, fighting systematic biases and discrimination every single day as a criminal defense attorney. Wow! What it actually means—that prepared me for that moment. Um, where are we? CNN. I don't even know what time, what where, where we're at. Oh, and the speaking career then takes off, and I'm speaking, and then people start to write to me about the five second rule, so I write a book, and then I realize. I could actually help more people by doing courses. So I start creating courses. And then the book's so successful that Audible comes to us and said, would you produce more auto content? So we start an audio content production division in the company. And then uh, Sony Pictures comes to me and says, would you be willing to host a daytime syndicated talk show? I think we're up to like 36 jobs at this point. It's amazing. And I'm 50 years old. And each and every thing I've ever done has been a dot on the map of the life, my life, preparing me mm-hmm. for something that was coming next. That's so powerful. And, I, I and love, I'm not done. I know, right? I'm not done. She's not done. I got another 30 jobs in me yeah. at least.
0: At least I love that And I love that You just give yourself Permission And I think that's What you did well In the book As well as like Take us through Some of those stories And really Allow people To feel that You're going to Have times When you feel Like a failure But you're not, it's just preparing you for that next moment. And I think a lot of people need to hear that right now because a lot of people lost their jobs in the last year. A lot of people lost family members. And I kind of want to go into that as well because your relationship with your family means a lot to that. And you went through a lot during all of these job transitions. Oh my and God. even now, can you share a little bit about how you're able to keep it
1: together as a mom? You think I can keep it together as a mom? <laughs> I love you. Uh, I don't even know how to answer that question, honestly. Um, I guess, you know, in looking back, because there have been, like, I look, you know, one of the reasons why I know so much about anxiety is because I fucking struggled with it for 30 years. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why I know so much about kids and anxiety is because I have kids that have struggled with it, and I have made every mistake in the book because their anxiety triggered my anxiety. So my... Whole brand of personal empowerment involves Mel Robbins or somebody she loves falling into a hole or digging one mm-hmm. and then I gotta manufacture a ladder somehow, right, and so I feel like I'm always falling forward mm. and I feel like your life is like an up and down roller coaster, and the whole point of it is to ride the whole thing right. And to experience the highs and the lows. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think one of the most amazing things that I love about the family life that Chris and I have co created is that we deeply care about what our kids are feeling. Mm. And we, for better or for worse, force them to talk about that yeah and so we are aware when our kids are hurting and we are aware when they are doing okay and mostly you know your kids are okay when they're ignoring you (laughs) and they don't like i haven't heard from our 16 year old son in probably five days Mm. and that's a good thing Mm -hmm. he's good it means he's happy (laughs) it would be weird if he were 16 years old and attached to his mother at the hip Right. You want them to be happy and independent in their lives. And you want them to come to you when things are hard. Mm-hmm. And you do that by giving them space. And you do that by realizing that your job as a parent is not to put them in some sort of mold and shape them. Right. It's to help them discover who the hell they are yeah, and how to make a decision and how to feel the consequences of bad decisions. And I love the fact that you are able to really
0: hone in on how people are feeling because I feel like feelings and asking children, partners, friends, how do you feel? I have an alert in my phone every single day at noon and it asks me, how do you feel and what do you need? So can you dive in a little bit on? I need to do that. Yes. I highly recommend it because we go so fast in life that we don't even tap in. Are you thirsty? Do you need some water? Do you need a nap? Do you need a hug? Do you need a high five? And so when you just stop in the middle of the day, especially as an ambitious, most people listening, they're entrepreneurs, ambitious, just go, 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 go. You know, you're in the middle of the day. You haven't even eaten. So it's so important not only to ask yourself, how are you are feeling? But I think also, you know, and to your point, ask your children, ask your partner, how are you feeling? That's like bringing them back to that connection
1: with self. And- well, I'll tell you, though, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Unless you can stand with the person in the mirror mm-hmm. and look them in the eye mm-hmm. and see and encourage and support them exactly where they are. Mm. And most importantly, where they're not. Most people either don't know how they actually feel Mm. or they won't tell you. Mm. And I learned this in a very painful way because it's only recently that I have learned that my husband, Chris, has been struggling with a very uh, profound and long term form of depression. Mm. And I think he was afraid To admit it to himself because he felt that it meant that there was something broken Mm -hmm. and it scared him. And so I just want to explain like just how I think disconnected so many of us are. I have stood next to the love of my life in my bathroom. His sink is right next to mine for 10 years. It's been more acute in the last seven years, Mm -hmm. but for 10 years, I've stood shoulder to shoulder with him and I had no idea just how depressed he was. Wow. And I don't think he did either. Right. And, you know, thankfully he meditates. Thankfully he exercises. Thankfully he watches what he drinks. Thankfully he journals. Thankfully he has created a men's retreat called Soul Degree that gives his life a lot of meaning. Yeah. Yeah. But depression is a disease that impacts you chemically, physiologically. It is a cloud Mm -hmm. and a weight and a fog that impacts you. And so it ironically, and he has been doing the work, whether it is the meditating or therapy or guided uh, MDMA, uh, trauma treatment. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is it was the high five that really... I think in many ways broke a lot of things open Right. because you can sit in a therapist chair and talk and talk and talk about all the things that you wish you could change and talk about how you feel about yourself, but it's very hard to change the way you treat yourself. Yeah. Because you're moving from a space of what you're talking about or what you're doing to a new space of how you're being with yourself. Yeah. And that's a really difficult bridge because it feels like an intellectual bridge. And so when I first started doing this high five in April of 2020 to support myself through an incredibly difficult moment in my life where I felt overwhelmed by my life and unable to face it. And mm-hmm. so the high five became something I started doing just instinctually because I needed something. And I, I said to Chris, you know, I think you might want to, and we hadn't even started talking about the word depression yet. Right. I think you might want to try this. And he's like, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm not high-fiving <laughs> myself. Like, please. You know, we know you're positive, Mel. You go high-five yourself. And so for the first month, I'd high-five. He'd be standing there brushing his teeth. I'd be finished, put my toothbrush down. I'd high-five myself. He would not do it. Mm-hmm. And then he, and, I, and then the depression diagnosis came up. Mm -hmm. And I started hammering him. I really think you should do this. I'm actually feeling something change within me. And he started doing it. And it sort of gave him this personal experience of realizing, and this is the way he said it. I thought it was stupid because for a decade, I've looked in the mirror and see a person who's failed. Mm. My restaurant business failed. And as proud as I am of you, your success has magnified the fact that I always believed it was my job to be the one providing and to be successful. And so it has magnified my sense of being lost. Yeah. And I look in the mirror and for a decade, I see a person who doesn't deserve a high five. Mm-hmm. That's why it would feel stupid to give myself one. Right. And through the process of raising his hand and high-fiving himself exactly where he is, mm-hmm. dealing with depression, um, accepting himself for who he is, forgiving himself for the stuff that, you know, this is where we all are, by the Mm -hmm. way, I'm using Chris with his permission as an example, because I think it's a very relatable one. Right. Until I'm through this hole, then I'll high five myself until I'm making some money. I'll high five myself until I actually no, you got to high five yourself now because the high five isn't. Yeah, I'm off. The high five is I see you. And I know you did some stuff and you feel some stuff that you're having a hard time forgiving yourself for. I'm still going to love you. Yeah. I'm still going to believe in you. Yes. I'm still going to support you. It's how you heal. Mm. It's how you give yourself permission to turn the page and start a new chapter. Right. It's how you start to create a new relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's extraordinary. It is. And I will say
0: as a person who experiences depression is that sometimes you don't know until you're out of it Mm. or you don't know until you listen to something like this podcast and you start crying or you don't know until something happens. And that's what happens, especially with very high-functioning people who also experience depression. It's like sometimes there is no like, hey, you're depressed until until you feel it. And I feel like it's important when, and that's why I love that you say it's a habit. And it's not about what you're doing, it's about who you're being. I wanted to come back to that phrase because I think, especially right now, we're thinking, what can I do right Right. now? Everything's uncertain, what can I do? But I feel like the high five brings people back to like, who are you being are you being in love with yourself are you validating yourself are you connecting with yourself no matter
1: what you're doing yeah and and you know let's go back to the basketball analogy we would never start a basketball game together by Migo and koya I think there's no way you're going to do okay in this game. <laughs> like I, I just, you really blew it in the last game. Right. Like I, I have seen how you played. Some coaches do that. you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. like, that's not how you start a game you want to win. No. <laughs> so like for those of you that are barely able to get out of bed. Yeah. The reason why this is important is because the high five gives you a drip of dopamine. That changes your mood. Yeah. When your mood lifts a little, you can focus better. And you feel a little more encouraged mm-hmm. when you give yourself a high five. Your nervous system gives you a jolt, and that little bit of positive energy is like fuel in your tank. Mm-hmm. And you know it's not that the high five in the mirror is going to change all the circumstances of your life. It doesn't change that. It changes you, right? And it changes your ability to face them. And one high five at a time, one day at a time, yeah. one little dopamine drip, one little nervous system jolt, one little uh, affirmation that is physical where you demonstrate that you still have your own back, you will start to take the steps that lead you where you're meant to go. You're going to tap back into that confidence you were born with. You're going to reconnect with the resilience that you've been building your whole life. You're going to remind yourself of who you are, a motherfucking superstar. That's That's right. right. You know what I'm saying? Like you, that is what it's doing. That's why it's divine. That's why it's spiritual. That's why it works. And I can say that not because it worked in my life. We're doing this thing called the high five challenge. We have 103,000 people Mm -hmm. taking a five day challenge where I unpack confidence. I teach you how to break through self-doubt. We go into the science of the high five habit. There are research backed journaling prompts that you do. We've taken it off a Facebook group and it's housed on the growth day app, right? Yeah. yeah. And it is free for you to do for Mm -hmm. five days to get all of these tools. And it's not on Facebook. So there are no ads, there's no cross posting. It's one community of people who have shown up and day one, you watch a video, you do a journal prompt. And then I'm like, and put a photo of yourself In the comments and introduce yourself and why you're here so you can allow yourself to be seen. Yeah. And seeing people from 91 countries alone in their bathrooms, high fiving the mirror and realizing everybody needs this. Like you need to know you're not alone. You need to know that there that right now is the moment in time where you can give yourself permission to believe in yourself again. You can stop holding your breath. Hmm. You can actually do small things to take control of your life. Yes. And we are here to support you in the high five challenge. And I know you're going to put a link in your show notes. And, yes. You know, I, send everybody to it. It's,
0: it's so simple. It's so powerful.
1: And so many
0: people are already saying, yes, I'm here in this. And I love that it's free. I love that it's focused on community. I love that people have the opportunity to be seen because so many of us are hiding, mm-hmm. especially about after being a year closed off. So I think it's brilliant. And I want to get into a little bit before before we end today with just the other things you kind of suggest, like the journaling. I think the journaling, the visualization. So can you take people a little bit, give them a little inside
1: scoop, inside peek of what they're going to experience? Oh, and the high five challenge is incredible. Okay, yeah. so all you need is a first name and an email address. Yep. And you're going to, that's how you get in. It's free. And then you just got to log into this app called Growth Day. You can either download the app. It's the world's leading program personal development app. Yeah. Or you can just take it online. If you can get to the internet, you can just log in using the link that koi is going to provide you for free. Mm-hmm. Day one, you watch a video. Yeah. That's it from me. Yeah. You then get a uh journaling prompt. You journal. Yes. If you want to take notes on the video, you can and they're saved. And then you go to the comments. You're going to be like, oh my God, look at all these people in here. Yeah. That's incredible. Whoa, and look at what Ralphie has to say. And look at what Maya is saying in Bangladesh. And what? There's somebody in here from (laughs) Burma? Holy cow. Whoa, there's somebody from Oklahoma in there. Look at that. Look at, oh, that person right there in Belgium. Yeah. Is feeling the same way I feel right now. Mm -hmm. It's extraordinary. And then you're going to come back for day two. Yeah. And then you're going to come back for day three. And then you're going to come back for day four. And then you're going to come back for day five. And by the end of it, you are going to feel something you have not felt in a very long time. Hope. Hope. You're going to feel motivated. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel empowered. Right. You're going to feel like, yeah, there's work to do. Yeah. But you know you can high five your way there. I love that.
0: I love that. Well, everyone's joining. Everyone's signing up. And so this is a question that I yes. ask everyone okay. on, the, on the podcast. What is your biggest fear right now? Because you're doing great. You're you're inspiring so many people. You got so much going on. You're doing so much good in the world. But I know that it's not without fear. So what would you say your biggest fear is right now? Right now?
1: Mm-hmm. This is the first thing that popped in mind, and it's really weird. I wonder if it's, in, if, if it's because we're in Los Angeles and I'm going to see our middle daughter tonight. Mm. My biggest fear in this moment is... It is taking, like, I feel today on my birthday, almost like I'm experiencing a rebirth. Mm. I feel more content and more kind of aligned yeah. with my true nature and self mm-hmm. than I have ever experienced in my adult life. And it is sad when I think about how long insecurity and past trauma and self-hatred has plagued me. Right. And our middle daughter is a gifted musician and Mm -hmm. artist. And um, she has a lot to say to the world. Yeah. And as I watch her struggle with, whether, with giving herself permission mm. to be seen, when I watch her struggle with insecurity, right. when I watch her struggle with uh, seeing everyone else popping off in their careers and starting to tour and putting stuff out and she's not there yet,
0: right.
1: I see myself. And I, I think we all have some version of that mm-hmm. where we know what we deeply want and we feel paralyzed in our ability to take the steps to do it. And so my deepest fear, because I know that this is not my path to walk, it's hers. Mm-hmm. My deepest fear in this moment is kind of that helpless feeling of knowing mm-hmm. that there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. and that I really hope she figures it out. Right. She doesn't have to when she's 20. She doesn't have to when she's 30. She doesn't have to do when she's 40. I mean, it took me 53 years. Right. Might take her 60, might take her 70. Might never actually have the breakthrough. Mm -hmm. But my deepest fear is I'm just present because I know I'm going to see her tonight Yeah. because I so badly want that for her and I'm afraid that she is going to spend so much unnecessary time Mm. like I did. Right. And I think that's the thing about the high five habit and the five second rule that makes me so happy is if I can save you the headache and the heartache that I caused myself because I didn't know any better. And if you can use these tools to push through fear. Yeah. And if you can use these tools to repair your relationship with yourself and to start believing in yourself again, you will be startled by the magic that happens in your life. And it's my deepest hope and wish that everybody including my daughter and including you listening to us right now or watching us right now do it sooner rather than later. I love that. And even if they don't. And
0: even if you don't. And then you go through 50 plus jobs figuring it out of 50 woo, plus things. I needed them all. Every single thing is preparing them oh, for something amazing that hasn't happened yet. I love that. This is a whole full circle moment between you and your daughter. And and that's how we can focus on being. Yeah. Acceptance.
1: And you know what I do as a mom? I don't say a damn thing Mm. because I know she's putting enough pressure on herself. Yes. That if I can just do anything but love her up exactly where she is and exactly where she isn't. Yeah. That's all there is to do. I love that. That's
0: amazing. Okay, one last question. Yeah. If this could be Mel's world. Yeah. If you could wake up tomorrow and you're like, oh, I get a chance to like create in the world I want to see. What would it look like?
1: Uh, every human being would start, would never leave a bathroom without high fiving themselves in a mirror. I love it.
0: High five challenge. Mel's world. Oh, yes. Great job. Yes! I love it. Uh, thank you so much, Mel, for joining us today. I am I signed up for the high five challenge. I'm high fiving myself. I love it what do you love about it it. i love that it just gives me a moment to connect and honor myself instead of going through all the judgment Mm. it's like validation it's like connection it's like it's self-love it is self-love in the morning i think it's important because usually i go through my rituals i'm not looking at myself and
1: i'm the type of person where being. i think your audience would be surprised to hear that yeah that because you are so grounded You're also deeply connected and spiritual and you do have all these rituals. And so it makes me so happy to hear that even for somebody that is practicing Mm -hmm. so much self-love and intentionality and spirituality, Mm -hmm. that there is even something for you to access right through this ritual
0: 100 percent. because life is not about perfection it's about practice Mm. i am human we're all human we're we're, i feel we're spiritual beings having a human experience so there's never gonna no matter how many downward facing dogs and meditations (laughs) and affirmations that i say i'm still going through this human experience so i'm going to experience microaggressions i'm going to experience insults i'm going to experience frustration fear depression like all the things that i experience but that doesn't mean i need to beat myself up yeah. That doesn't mean I need to stop thinking less of myself or thinking I'm not enough, but it happens. And it's so natural because that's part of the human experience. But I need a ritual or a habit that's going to bring me back yeah. to myself. And that's what the I high five it. does for me. That's what meditation does for me. And I don't care if I have a list of 20 things. And I, my suggestion is people listening, pick what works best for you. But the high five is scientifically proved to work. Meditation, scientifically proved to work. These things are tools that can help along the way. Yeah, It's true. not about doing it perfectly. When you remember, give yourself a high five. Thank you so much for joining us on the Get Loved Up podcast. We are here because you turn up every day and listen and support. So thank you so much. If you haven't already, go ahead and sign up for that free high five habit challenge. You're gonna see people from all over the world there. And if you haven't already, leave a review. Let us know your biggest takeaways from this podcast. Make sure if you are posting on social media, tag us, let us know how you feel, let us know what you're thinking, let us know what resonated with you the most. And until next time, love yourself, love others, and love the world one day at a time, one breath at a time. Peace and love. I just want to take a moment to say thank you for being part of the Get Loved Up community. I like to share topics and people making a positive impact in the world, and your feedback means the world to me. If you haven't already left a review, please leave a five-star review and let me know what you want to hear more of on the show. I'm here for you, and together, we're making the world a better place, one day at a time, one show at a time. Thank you for listening.